what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Stepping Up Service. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and with me as always is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. How are you doing, Ed? Doing great, Alan. How are you? Good, good. I'm getting to see you face-to-face across the table from me. Yes. Uh, for those of you that have been listening to past episodes, uh, we've been using the the, uh, the the miracle of Skype to include Ed Gagnon in our conversations, and I'm just always excited whenever Ed's able to accompany us here in the Mesh studio. So welcome. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too, Alan. Thanks. Yeah, great. Don't have to worry about any uh, Skype background noise noises in the people's houses or offices or anywhere else with that. So that's always a nice thing there. Well, Ed, is there a political campaign election going on right now? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. I'm not sure. I haven't seen TV in like three months. Uh, I'm just wondering, is it that time of year again? Yeah, I think there was an election held in Quebec recently. Really? Uh, that must have been what and, I was thinking of. Uh, oh, there, the presidential election's coming up in the Oh, US, is so that, that coming that, up? Yes, I hadn't heard anything about that yes. at all. So uh, we are coming right off of the conventions. Actually, it's kind of uh, interesting with the Democratic convention being right down the road in your hometown of Charlotte. Yes. And uh, so we got to experience a little bit of the excitement level of having a big political convention right near our own town, uh, which is fun. But it did get me thinking a little bit about the world of politics. And, and, and I know you've probably been thinking about politics as well. Ed, you had mentioned to me that you want to talk about the politics of customer service. Yes. Now, there again, you did this to me on the Olympics. You did this to me on golf, where I had a hard time seeing where the connections are going to be on this. But I'm going to trust that you have some connections to share or some thoughts on the politics politics of the world of customer service, since that's what a lot of what we spend talking about. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do, I did want to just give a couple little uh, messages about the network and some other things we've got going on here. This is Stepping Up Service, our show where we get together and talk about customer service, talk about the world of customer service, how it's changed, uh, some things that companies, both large and small, need to keep in mind in taking care of their customers and building their business. Uh, We are part of the Mesh Network, so you found us hopefully through either the Mesh.tv or through some of our other websites where we're featured, or hopefully even through iTunes. We are on iTunes, and I encourage you to find our show there. Give us a star rating and give us a comment and review. Let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, we do have a sponsor for this month's episode, and that sponsor is the Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament. That's going on October 8th through the 14th. Ed, I know you're a golfer. You have played golf oh, on, sure a, on a regular occasion. Uh-huh. I'm not, but I love watching golf. I've actually been to this tournament itself a couple times in the, in the past. Always a lot of fun. This tournament is taking place at Rock Barn Golf and Spa, which is going on here in Catawba County, Western North Carolina. Beautiful location for a golf tournament. It's a very, very well-run tournament. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time there over the past several years. I've actually gone as a volunteer, helped to volunteer at the, at the course. And that's actually something where not only tickets, but also volunteer opportunities are still available for anybody out there. So if you're listening to the show and you're interested in coming to Western North Carolina in mid-October, to come out to the Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament October 8th through the 14th. You can uh, listen a little bit later in the show where we're going to have an ad. It's going to give you some instructions on how to find out more information about the tournament. But you can always search for them online or search for them on Facebook to get some more quick information as well. Again, tickets and volunteer opportunities are still available for the Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament October 8th through the 14th. Thank you so much to them for their support of this show and of the Mesh Network in general. 
So, Ed, uh, getting back to the politics of customer service, let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit. What, what did you have in mind with this? Uh, where, where do you want to go with this conversation? Well, well this will probably be a little bit easier to tie in uh, than, than what we're talking about with the Olympics, with the golf, and how it relates to customer service. Because think about corporate politics. Yes. I mean, that's something that we've probably all uh, heard that phrase in the past, or, you know, there's all those these politics going on in our office. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to talk about what that means. What do mm-hmm. politics mean, and, and how does it impact uh, the ultimate service to the customer? We're going to talk okay. about uh, what causes politics, mm-hmm. and, and how do you uh, remedy some of the issues that, that are driving those causes of politics? We're but, talking about corporate politics. That's the you know uh, helping out your buddies, even if it's not necessarily the company line on things. Kind of using power plays, kind of exerting more influence on things. All that kind of efforts of politics, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah and that, that's where I wanted to go at the start, just to make sure everybody's listening and that you and I are on the same page. I mean, when you hear those terms, uh, corporate politics Mm -hmm. or politics when when you're dealing with a business, I mean, what are some of those things that come to mind? You talked about helping out your buddies. I mean, what what are some of the other things that kind of come to mind? Well, I think think when people act in a business situation for their own personal gain – and use company time, resources, or their their levels of influence for purely personal gain. To me, that that's kind of a political play in the in the business world. Um, I think too, where getting others coworkers involved in something that there again has a direct benefit for somebody or someone else, but doesn't necessarily help the organization. Uh, to me, I see that as a little bit of a corporate politics play. Okay, and those are really good examples because oftentimes when we think about some of the things that frustrate us about the federal government, for Mm -hmm. example, it it is – uh, groups who are working on their own behalf. You know, you have the Democrats and the Republicans, and and maybe there's a piece of legislation that comes through, and all the Democrats love it, and all the Republicans hate it, and and the Democrats are going to do what they want to do because it supports their special interests, and therefore they pass this bill. And uh, well, let's say there's a Republican president, he's not going to sign it, so there's that gridlock. Yes, so sometimes. Right. Uh, nothing happens because of the, these, this political infighting. Or maybe it's a situation where Republicans want something and there's a Democrats who don't want it. All the Republicans vote in favor. All the Democrats vote against. Maybe there is a Republican president, so it passes. So maybe something passes, but there's not support from half of the, the, right. the government body. There's therefore not a lot of positive promotion going on about what the program is. And therefore, some things might get implemented but there's not broad-based support behind it. And it's it's just one of those situations where uh, some of the impacts are either nothing gets done or maybe something passes, but there's just not a lot of uh, consensus behind pushing it forward. It's almost like that that really exaggerated us versus them mentality right. that goes on in any organization, whether it's the entire country, government, or within a company. It's mm-hmm. this, we're not working for the same goal. We're not going to cooperate. It's we want what we want. We're going to play our hand and kind of force your hand to get what we want, uh, even if it's a de- detriment of what's best for the company or the organization. Yeah, that's a great example. And we, we've talked a couple of times in some of these podcasts about uh, how uh, our company, CSS, has worked with uh, the pro sports teams. Mm-hmm. And in particular, about nine years ago, we started to work with National Basketball Association teams. Uh, they, they were very sales and marketing driven, and they were trying to become more retention focused. So what a lot of these teams would do is they would create a season ticket services or a fan relations department. Okay. Uh, so what you ended up doing is instead of in the past where they had 
had sales reps who sold the season tickets and they were responsible for renewing the season tickets. All of a sudden you had sales reps who were responsible for selling. And then you had the service folks or retention folks who were responsible for retaining. Hmm, Well, the, the sales folks cared about the sale. Yes. And that's all they cared about closing that transaction. But immediately after that sale was done, it went to the service folks and the service folks, it would have been real beneficial for them to know, well, why exactly did this season ticket holder buy and who are they sharing the tickets with and why would they leave and what was driving that decision? And, and give me some intelligence on the season ticket holder. I mean, how many kids do they have and who are their favorite players and and what type of events might be of interest to them? Well, Mm -hmm. the, the sales staff were typically so focused on just closing the transaction. They didn't care about gathering all the information Mm -hmm. That would be important to the to the service rep uh, on the back end. So there was a lot of friction that developed in a lot of these organizations right off the back because yes. sales had their goal, service had their goal, and the needs and the goals of each were very very different. Okay, yeah, I can totally see that. I can even see it in you know much smaller organizations, different types of organizations, even in ours. I mean, we we have people who do sales, we have people who actually manage the project. And sometimes if the sales is – if all their focus is is on let me get the sale and then just pass it on to whoever, there's that disconnect. It does cause animosity. There's a lot of infighting that can come out of those situations. I, I can see that very clearly. Yeah, and there's some impacts on the customer uh, mm-hmm. and on customer service from oh, there sure. because especially in this sales versus service example, if you have sales reps, uh, sales organization who all they care about – and I don't want to – uh, you know, misrepresented, but what's driving them, what they're incented on, what their mm-hmm. bonuses are for, are for closing the sale. Uh, then, then all of a sudden, you can see them setting certain expectations. Oh, we'll we'll give you this after you sign the contract. <laughs> right, you'll sure. get these perks. You'll get these benefits. The sales, the service rep is going to call you every week and take you out to dinner once a month, and <laughs> you know all these things are promised. Well, if the the promises are, are not what the reality is going to be, then the customer has a certain expectation. The reality is different, and that gap is a problem. So all of a sudden it can turn those customer service folks into firefighters. You know, yeah. they're having to, to, to put out those fires based on unrealistic expectations. Especially in the example you were given, if the person selling the initial tickets was not the one responsible for getting renewals or retaining those customers to keep buying, then really once they've sold the tickets or sold the package, they're done. Their yes. hands are clean. I'm done. I don't care if they drop their membership three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. They sold it. I got it. I yes. sold my my quota. I'm out. You know, they're out the door. So uh, yeah. that's that's dangerous. It yeah. really is. And just to talk about what you mean by danger, we had one client where if if I was a sales rep mm-hmm. and I sold a certain contract. Uh, and I could have done something with this client right before the renewal period ended a year later mm-hmm. uh, to retain them. Uh, but I decided not to. My bonus was actually better if I let that season ticket holder cancel. I went back to them a week later, got them to <laughs> sign up for a new year. I wow. got paid more. Wow. So, so it was better for the, serv- for the sales rep to actually let the customer leave. And then if they came back, their bonus would be much higher than if they just retained them through the next year. Great for the salesperson. Yes. Horrible for the customer. Because yeah. now they've gone through a sign up, cancel. Now I'm going to sign up again because they're making a good deal. Chances are they're probably going to cancel again once they get back into it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it's also awful for the organization. <coughs> 
So, yeah. so when you think about uh, the the impact, some of it is, in terms of the impact on the customer uh, and on customer services that you do turn these service reps, you do do turn these folks who are trying to retain the business into firefighters. Mm-hmm. They're, they're constantly having to, to deal with situations where the customers promised one thing, the reality was different because there's that disconnect, there's that missing common goal. But but the other thing you're going to notice is that sometimes the organization doesn't focus on the right thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what you said right off the back, I took notes to make sure I got it right. Oh, so, okay, great. So th- this Very is nice. the quote from Alan. Uh, let's see. <laughs> they, they're out for their own personal gain, end quote. Or, uh, you know, they're trying to get the coworkers involved for the benefit of one, but not necessarily for the benefit of the organization. I believe that is what I said. Well, well Very good. Nice. No, good note taking. And if you disagreed with me, I would have Jay over here replay everything <laughs> just to show that Ed was right. <laughs> not, not that I care about being right, but, uh, but but what you end up doing is you, you end up uh, making sure if you have a lot of politics involved, you, you end up seeing people focused on the wrong things. Yes. They're not focused on what's best for the customer, what's best for the organization. I mean, you can give the obvious example that's going on right now, and I'm not going to browbeat one part or the other, because I don't want 50% of the people to turn off <laughs> the podcast right now. But but you see uh, uh, so many people on the right, the Republicans, they're talking about, uh, you know, what was, uh, give me proof that President Obama was really born in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see a lot of people on the Democrat side, on the left side, they're saying, well, I know we've seen uh, at least two full copies of tax returns from Mitt Romney, but we really need to see, you know, six more right. copies of tax returns. And, and the reality is, is, you know, President Obama, everybody's 99% sure, if not 100, he was born in the U.S. Sure. You know, Mitt Romney, probably what you're going to see in the other tax returns is pretty close to what you're seeing in this one. I mean, if you sure. want to think about the grand scheme of things, what should we be talking about? Right. You know, what's yes. the economy like? What are the jobs like? What's going on in the military? You know, what, what, what can we do in a lot of these other things that are more important? So when you force politics... Mm-hmm whether it is into a, a governmental situation or into business, you can really get the organization to take their eye off the ball and to be dealing with stuff that is not the most important to the customer, not the most important to the company. Oh, at, and you know, a lot of the work I do is in healthcare. And I know you've got, you've had a lot of healthcare experience sure. and work with uh, healthcare organizations as well. And it's amazing to me the number of times I can pick up on some of the corporate politics going on inside the healthcare environment. And where you pick up on it is from a patient's perspective. Patient's pick up on the whole, well, that's that other department. And I don't know what they're doing over there. They must have messed something up. I'm, you know, we've had problems with them all along. Don't worry. I'll take care of you, though. Right. But, you know, you just be careful when they wheel you over to that department. Make sure they, they don't screw something up. Mm-hmm. That's that same kind of idea where, you know, if you're that patient, you're, you're asking yourself what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't care about the internal politicking going on at that organization. You don't care who's fighting who. You're just focused on your outcome as a patient. And all that is, is like you said, it's just distracting. It's yeah. distracting you away from the key message. And if I'm a patient in that situation, I'm wondering to myself, are they paying more attention to their infighting than they are to caring for me as a patient or what? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I absolutely see that distraction side of things. It's a uh, key. And I think I would think the impact is huge for an organization sure. uh, on what they see. Yeah. And, and if you're the customer in the situation you're talking about, you're the patient. Who do you care most about? The patient. You mm-hmm. care about yourself. And if there's a lot of infighting, a lot of politics, people are, are bad mouthing their coworkers. Uh, they're not only taking the focus off of the, the customer, 
But, but they're also making themselves look bad, and they're making the organization look bad. So, mm-hmm. so we have these impacts on the organization, taking their off the ball, not focusing, not spending their efforts on the right thing. But we also have a situation where uh, the, the people who are delivering the customer service might find themselves fighting the fires, dealing with the same issues over and over again, instead of trying to be more proactive. Mm-hmm. And, and how do I retain and grow with my existing client base? Mm-hmm. So it kind of begs the question, well, what is causing all of these politics? And there okay. are some causes you know, there are some particular solutions, but to describe what I mean by defining the causes, I don't want to just give you a laundry list. You know, we'll talk about some of the typical causes in a minute, but I want to go through an exercise with you, Alan, okay. uh, where we are going to talk about how do we come up with the root cause of a problem? Okay. Does that sound exciting? Wow. Yes. This is the game I play with my kids all the time. Uh, okay. So let's go. <laughs> well, you can use this with your kids. <laughs> yes. It's all time right. to play that game. Yeah. How do we determine the root cause of a problem? <laughs> yes. And we are... Uh, and five-year-old loves it, by the way. Exactly. This is his favorite game. <laughs> yes. You might give him, must give him Tootsie Rolls at the end. Uh, otherwise, kids don't typically love this game. But it's a good game to play okay. with children. And uh, it's a good, good game to play in business as well. And basically, what I'm going to do, since you brought up the healthcare example, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a symptom of a problem. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you different categories of potential causes for this problem. There's four categories. It's going to be uh, the equipment that you use, the method that you use or a process, actually people reasons or the materials that you use. Okay. okay. So just real quick, uh, we might not go through all of them, but just as an, ex- as an example, here's the symptom of a problem. Okay. Okay. Alan, you've been driving and you lose control of the car. Yes. Okay. So the symptom is that you lost control of the car. Yes. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out what the cause is because maybe the, in a business, the symptom is, you know, there's a lot of infighting mm-hmm. uh, between different departments or managers don't get along or staff don't communicate well together. That's not the cause of a problem. You can't just say, well, you're not communicating. You need to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need to dig a little bit deeper and figure out what the root cause. Like so a it, true, tangible, realistic cause here. Exactly. We're trying to dig down to. Yeah. Okay. okay. So your symptom Alan, is that you lost control of the car. Okay. All right, let's start with equipment. Yes. Give me a couple potential causes for how could you lose control of the car because of your equipment, you know, something maybe Mm car-related. Well, I I think... There's always a chance the car could malfunction in some way. Maybe the steering column, you know, kind of lost control okay. or disconnection to the wheels. Maybe um, something flew up in front of my face, that part of the car that okay. blocked my view for a while. There's sure. a lot of equipment things I think that could cause that. Okay. So you have the, the steering uh, might have gone out. May, maybe the, the hood yeah, flew the hood up of the or car something or like that. Something, yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, uh, and it could be tires. It could be gas. Sure. All sorts of things. Okay. Yes. Uh, let, let's take one of those, for example. Let's, yeah. let's just, since you brought up something flying in front of you from the car, <laughs> yeah. which I haven't heard before, but let's go with it. it happens to me every time I drive into work in the morning. Exactly. I have to deal with that, so. Well, we're yeah. going to get at the root cause because we <laughs> don't want that happening I'd to like you every day. I'd like to be fixed. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the, the roof comes up in front of you you yes. can't see okay yep. using this example what why did the roof come up in front of you uh you mean like the okay so like the hood of the car the hood, flipping up. i'm sorry yes, uh, let's hood. say the uh let's say the latch broke okay on now the why, hood okay now yeah. why, why do you think the latch broke oh wow you are getting deep on this yeah. um why did the latch break on the hood of my car that caused my hood to fly up in front of my face yeah, exactly <laughs> um i that i don't know Okay. I, I, I don't know. I hit something. Maybe I was in a wreck earlier because the same thing happened before, and this mm-hmm. time it's knocked the latch 
loose. So okay. I'm not sure. Or if it's happened several times, you know, may, maybe it's a situation where the lack the latch is just worn because worn. it's an old car, maybe. Or yeah. maybe you changed the oil and you didn't push the hood down there all the go. way, or right. something like. Somehow that. this is sounding like my fault now. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it is, Alan. Okay. Sometimes I see where is. you're going here. Okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, but but some of the examples you got down to, when we said why, why, why. Yeah. You you were getting at well, maybe it's a faulty latch. It truly right. is a piece of equipment that maybe you didn't have any control over. Maybe, maybe so. if it was happening multiple times, you didn't push the hood down all the way mm-hmm. after you changed the oil. That's a, that's a person reason behind it. So the, the fact that you lost control of the car, that that might be just a symptom of a problem. It's not the root cause of the problem. The root sure. cause is we're not pushing down the hood after we change the oil. Got it. You know, you could even say, well, why didn't you push down the hood? You know, but but you're, we're not pushing down the hood when we change oil, which is controllable. We know that that's got to be on our mental checklist. When we change oil, we put the push the hood down. Uh, maybe it's something faulty in, in the design of the, the latch itself. That's not controllable. You don't usually worry about that in terms of root cause. Let's go to the people example. Okay. You lost control of the car. You're the driver of the car. Uh, What could be some things that you did Mm -hmm. that caused you to lose control of the car? I could have been texting while driving. I could have been changing the radio station and taking my eye off the road for a moment. I could have fallen asleep. Okay. That's the real. Let's see. What else could I have done? Yeah. Let's stop there. Is that good? good? Okay. Yeah. That's the first level of why. Okay. Let's talk about texting. Mm -hmm. Why why were you texting? Why I would be? Probably just because I felt like there was something important I needed to communicate to somebody and didn't want to wait any longer. I was impatient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so why did you have to communicate that at that period of time? Let's say uh, I was passing by the grocery store and wanted to make sure my wife didn't need me to pick up something. So I sent her a quick little text. It saves me time than having to pull over and call her myself. So let's say I'm trying to do it for a convenience sake. Okay. And mm-hmm. then let, let's go with the example that you're tired. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Why are you tired? Maybe I uh, woke up too early that morning to go on a long business trip. Maybe I've been driving a little too long. Okay. Um, well, let's say you woke up yeah. a little, little too early to go on the business trip. What, why, why did you wake up too early, you know, when you hadn't fully gotten sleep. I mean, why was that too early? Well, probably because I didn't go to bed early enough the night before to make up for the hours of sleep that I felt like I needed. So, So, I mean, we could keep going down why, why, but you kind of see what we're doing. You lost control of the car. But that wasn't the root cause. Why did you lose control of the car? Well, you probably uh, lost control because you didn't go to bed early enough the night before. Yeah. And we could ask, why didn't you go to bed early enough the night because before? Because there was a TV marathon of a show I really liked I wanted to watch and couldn't stop watching. Yeah, so basically, okay. you've connected my accident back to this TV show that I watched the night before. Uh, yes. So, so essentially, I heard that there's going to be a James Bond movie station Ooh. now, which Actually, is that just would be all awesome. James Bond. So, <laughs> so, so you have to start asking yourself, do I really need to be watching the James Bond? on marathon every day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm relating the story a little bit too yes. much in my personal life. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> and we won't go through the other two categories I mentioned, the methods or processes and the materials. But the idea is that if you have issues in an office and they're recurring issues happening over and over mm-hmm. again, you find yourself fighting out fires or issues with customers, you find yourself fighting with fire, fighting these fires all the time, or, you know, there's communication issues across departments. There's obvious politics going off across the department lines. Don't jump from a symptom to a solution. Okay. You know, the, the right. reason why I lost control of the car uh, is because it was a uh, flat tire and it was a faulty tire mm-hmm. design or right. quality. Sure. I mean, don't jump to there. You got to figure out what could have 
potentially really kind of backwards work it out and find out what really caused these things to happen because it's normally going to get down to something very specific and tangible that can be the root cause for it. Right. And and in your examples, we were saying you lost control of the car and it may have been that we're not pushing the hood down when we change oil. You Mm -hmm. lost control of the car and it's because you're not going to bed early enough. Now, you Mm -hmm. might not jump to, well, I need to go to bed earlier or I didn't go to bed early enough. But if you really think through, you know, what caused this? Why did this happen? You ask why three or four times, you can get at the root cause. Now, a lot of times with politics in the office, it's blamed on attitudes. Mm -hmm. These two people aren't communicating. They just need to communicate because they have bad attitudes and and they just need to get over it. You know, but, but if you really want to find a permanent result to problems, at some point you have to start asking those, why did this happen kind of questions. With why are these two always at each other's throat? Why it, it's they? not just enough to say that they just don't like each other. There's got to be some reason why they don't like each other. What caused this to happen? Right. And, okay. and maybe they do, they could like each other, but there's something else yeah. at play there. So when you're dealing with politics in the office, what you want to do is to, to literally go through a process of identifying the root cause. Because usually it's not as simple as Joe and Mary just don't like each other. There's right. something deeper there. And there's about half a dozen typical reasons why there's politics in customer service uh, that can impact how well you serve the customer, whether or not the organization is really uh, focused on the right things going down the road. And, and the half a dozen things start with having common goals. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought up right early on about uh, they're focused on their own personal gain. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very easy for two different departments, two different people, two different leaders to get into political clashes if one is, ha- has a certain organizational goal, I need to hit this metric or, you know, I want to move up to this posi- particular position in the company and this is how I do it. And the other person's goal is diametrically opposed. Yes. So if you want to start saying, well, what are some of the typical reasons why some of the things we need to do to, to fix these politics? You want to make sure as an organization, there are common goals that everybody is moving toward. That kind of goes back to your ticket example at the beginning where the two groups had two different goals. Sure. Goal one was get sales and don't worry about renewals and retaining. The other one is keep as many people happy as possible. Yes. Those goals are a little bit at odds with each other when it comes down to the sales process. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and kind of piggybacking on that for the, for the second and third points. The second is uh, you oftentimes have politics if people have different incentives. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we might have a common goal, but if you look at what I get my bonuses from, what I get my pay from, mm-hmm. what, what, what actually uh, drives that additional compensation, if that salesperson was incented yeah. to get uh, a, a person to literally cancel and resign and the retention person was incented to maximize retention, those are conflicting incentives. So if you yeah. can align incentives okay. so people are aligned toward those common goals, again, you have a better chance. You have a less of a chance of people getting uh, butting heads with each other and causing that political issue internally. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And on the, on the flip side, just like you have incentives to have positive reinforcement, you have accountability to, to kind of on a, lack of a better term, negative reinforcement for folks. Well, if you look at an evaluation, how do people typically get dinged? Is it mm-hmm. for the same things uh, because they're not reaching their goals, they're not exhibiting the kind of behaviors that align to the organizational direction, the organizational mm-hmm. vision? I see. So those are the first three that we're focused on. The fourth is maybe some of it is attitude related. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really need to look at who are you hiring and what kind of attitude are you hiring and, and what kind of culture are you trying to create? And, right. and if you don't build your hiring process around the kind of people you want, I want ethical people. I want trustworthy people. I want people who are customer focused instead of other focused. I want people who are team oriented instead of purely independent. I mm-hmm. want people who are us oriented versus me oriented. Uh, if you make sure that you build your interviewing, your hiring structure around that, uh, and obviously your development structure after the fact, you have a much better chance 
chance of keeping politics out of it if you're very intentional about the characteristics you want in your desired culture. I've got a question about that, okay. but I'll tell you what, we're going to actually take a quick break just for a moment to uh, hear from our sponsor and, and a couple other uh, announcements. When we come back, remind me, I've got a question regarding the hiring practice of adding the people to your workforce on okay. that. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. This is Stepping Up Service, Alan Jackson of the Jackson Group, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. We will be back in just a moment. The Greater Hickory Classic at Rock Barn is already building an exciting field for its 10th anniversary. Great names in golf such as Nick Price, Bernhard Longer, Fred Funk, Mark Kalkovecchia, Kenny Perry, and Jay Haas have already committed for the 2012 tournament. Also among the early commitments are past champions Craig Stadler, Gary Hallberg, and 2011 champion Mark Wiebe. Find out how you can join us October 8th through the 14th for the 2012 Greater Hickory Classic by visiting our website at www.greaterhickoryclassic.com. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service. Again, Alan Jackson of The Jackson Group, where you can learn more about my firm at thejacksongroup.com. That's T-H-E, Jackson Group, all one word, dot com, where we conduct employee and customer satisfaction surveys, handle leadership development programs, uh, a lot of different research survey needs, and even have a video multimedia division, Jackson Group Interactive, that is responsible for putting together the mesh, which is what you're listening to here. Ed Gagnon is with me with Customer Service Solutions, and your website is cssamerica.com. That's correct. Great. So people can learn more about your services, everything you do in the world of customer service and the types of clients you've you've helped out over many, many years here. Yes. Uh, the mesh.tv is where you're listening to this show. Uh, this is our network of podcasts. Maybe you stumbled across this show from one place and don't realize all the other shows that are on our network. Go to the mesh.tv. That's T-H-E mesh. Dot TV, and you can see all the other shows. I think we have 15 or 16 shows going on right wow. now. Different programs that we provide through iTunes, through the website, through... Uh, all different places. Stitcher Radio is a partner of ours. A lot of different places we get out there and uh, have people listen to our shows. So that's the mesh.tv. If you've got some feedback for us, some ideas, some questions, you can let us know. Uh, you can email us at info at themesh.tv. You can leave us a voice message if you're somebody who'd rather talk as opposed to write. You can do that on our voicemail line at 828 619 0048 and leave us a voice message, whether it's for this show, Stepping Up Service, or whether it's for any other show on the Mesh Network. We would love to hear from you. Of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all those great, neat things as well. So feel free to check us out there. Uh, and also, again, special thanks to our sponsor, Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament. I think you just heard the, the ad spot from them. Again, ticket and volunteer opportunities are still available for that tournament running October 8th through the 14th. Okay, Ed, coming back to a point you made right before the break, and I do have a question about. Okay. You had mentioned, we're talking about the politics of customer service, how politics, much like in our nation's government, can sometimes bring things to a halt and cause some frustrations for the constituents or customers in the situation. And you were talking through some of the things that we need to pay attention to and try to do to help eliminate some of those inner office politics. One of them that you mentioned had to do with the hiring practice, bringing in the right people that you feel like are going to fit the kind of 
of culture that you've got that was going to avoid some of those political issues that you have. Here's my question. Not only because I've been going through a lot of interviews lately, we're trying to add a couple uh, business development positions in our office. So I've sat through a lot of interviews. <laughs> and over the years, I've had more than my fair share of interviews to sit through, probably counting into the hundreds now of oh, people that I've actually interviewed. You said that you know looking for somebody that models that same cooperation and that eliminates that us versus them mentality is more focused on the team. How do you really find out if that person's really modeling that kind of behavior for the organization before you bring them on board? Because I'll tell you, everybody knows what to say in an interview to say, yes, I care about the team. I work better in a team than I do independently. Mm -hmm. Um, I like collaborating with people. I like being challenged on my ideas. Everybody says the same things. What do you have any suggestions or advice on if you're trying to make sure you're modeling and bringing in those right people for the organization? How do we get past just the words they're saying on that? Well, that's a really good question. And, and uh, HR is not necessarily my area of expertise, but sure. I know that there's that's why I put you on the spot. Yeah, so. well, well, thank you. I put you on the spot with my questions. So back at me. I guess. I'm more curious than anything yes. personally. So Yeah, but, but uh, I know there's assessments out there you can utilize and there's different methods of, of asking questions, uh, et cetera, that you can – uh, use where multiple people are asking the same question about these core characteristics of mm-hmm. desired culture. But but one thing that you would want to try to do, if it's possible in some way, is to actually put that person, not just asking them, but put that person in a situation during the hiring or the, the mm-hmm. interviewing process where they're literally working on something. Hmm. And they, whether it's uh, that they, they have a small project that they're working on with, with somebody from the Jackson group, just as an example, it's an example exercise. And you see how they communicate and how they relate. And, and you can ask about different questions, uh, ask different questions as well that might focus on those key characteristics. But you'll start to get the sense pretty quickly when you actually see them in action uh, where you can say, well, this person is definitely team oriented, uh, they, they, or they, they sit back or you know, they're, they're constantly talking about them, the, themselves and what they need and, and they're not thinking about the ultimate goal yeah. you know okay. you actually put them in a situation some test situations where they can that would uh, be, exhibit those characteristics that would be pretty ideal yeah that would be that would be a good good solution for that i guess too even from an hr going back to the hr perspective i could see even when you're calling for references on people you're looking to hire, maybe you ask uh, some of the questions that are a little more in line with your corporate model as far as what kind of behaviors that person's had in their past experience. And just to get a little more specific with, I guess, however legally you're able to do that. So it could be interesting. I, it's always something that always strikes me when people bring up the idea of bringing in new people to the organization that fit a certain culture mo- mode. It's it's sometimes tough to find that right fit a person, and a lot of times you still roll the dice, yes. you know. So okay. yeah, and, and th- like I said, there are assessments out there. But your example about calling a previous employer, one of the nice things about uh, if you are to try to test or gauge the the match with your desired culture is a lot of the characteristics in your desired culture are positive characteristics. But there's probably a lot of positive characteristics in individuals that are not the focus of your desired culture. I mean, mm-hmm. you might want uh, somebody who can work in a very team oriented environment. Uh, you might want somebody who's very creative and innovative. Uh, you might want somebody who is highly organized. Let's just right. throw out those characteristics. Sure. And, and if you were at, to ask uh, somebody in another organization, tell me some of the, the qualities and characteristics of this person that made them successful. Instead of saying team-oriented, which is what you want to hear, mm-hmm. they say, well, you know, they're very good at working independently. You know, you give them a job to do and set them out there for two weeks and they work really well together and, and, and work really well by themselves. So you mm-hmm. want somebody creative 
and innovative. And they say, tell me some of the, yes, tell me some of the characteristics. And they say, well, you know, if you give them uh, exactly what the task is, they'll do exactly what you said, exactly how you said it. And they won't deviate. They won't try to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, that's code language for somebody who's very good if they're given a very specific task, but they're not very creative and innovative. And then if you're asking about them being organized and you ask for uh, quality from this uh, other company, instead of them saying, oh, this is a very organized person, uh, they say something like, well, they deal with chaos very well. (laughs) Uh, You know, they create their own chaos, but that's okay. They deal with chaos. (laughs) As long as they clean it up. Very well. So, I mean, you're getting positive attributes about this person, but you can immediately tell those are not the positive attributes that that you're looking for. Now, this requires, and we do this with a lot of organizations to help them to develop foundation statements. This requires that you as uh, any business out there, you clearly articulate in your document, these are the four, six, eight Mm. characteristics we desire in our, these are the characteristics of our our, our culture that we desire or our core values or both. You got to clearly articulate that so you can more easily address it in the interviewing process. Okay. Well, I appreciate the little aside there. I know we got a little more into HR territory there. Uh, When you're talking about assessments and trying to gauge people, uh, we talk a lot about leadership assessments in the uh, leadership GPS show that I do with uh, my father, Tony Jackson. So I encourage you to check that out if you have any interest in kind of those leadership assessments for people joining your organization. I didn't mean to get you off track there, oh, Ed, but fine. I'd love to hear some of the other things or ways that we can try to prevent those inner office politics that cause all the symptoms and issues we described in the first half of the show. Sure. Well, we've gone through four already and I'll summarize them at the end, but the fifth is structure. Okay. You know, if you are too siloed, too independent, where one division can operate independent of another division and, and basically they do all their work on their own, all their deliverables are their own, and the handoff is basically like throwing over the cubicle to the next group. Right. And there's not uh, a structure developed organizationally or process-wise for them to be more integrated and working together, you have a better chance of having political friction. Yes. Um, because they, they are focused on, on working independently, doing what they do, and then if something goes wrong in the overall process, hey, hey, I did my job, I I did what job. I was supposed to do, I yeah. filled out my one little form and passed it, it on, I'm done. Exactly. So, yeah, right. Yeah. It must not be my fault. It must be their fault exactly. because something didn't happen right. And that probably goes back even to my healthcare example too. That's what we see so much in healthcare. It's not necessarily that people in the different departments don't like each other. Uh, it's just that they are sometimes re- uh, straddling a process that is so it, it does not allow for that collaboration like it yes. should. It's more of a fill out this form and as long as you send it to this department. That's all you're supposed to do. And it doesn't foster collaboration. So when a patient gets treated poorly, maybe in another department or something goes wrong because of the lack of information, the two departments are at odds with each other when really it was just a, it was just having that process. It was having that structure to it all. Right. We, we have one client, a healthcare client where they get a lot of complaints about the food quality and in right. particular, the food's cold oftentimes. And so everybody was focusing on dietary, you know, dietary, your food's not good enough. You're not getting it uh, to the patient room quick enough and, or you're letting it sit too long, you know, you jump from symptom to solution. But when you started looking at the way that they deliver the food, typically what happens is dietary brings the food to the floor, they leave the food uh, at the floor, and it's up to the nurses to deliver to the patients. So the food, for all we know, 95% of the time was getting there, it was prepared perfectly, the temperature was perfect, but it's that next step in the process, which was nursing, passing out the trays, which was really breaking down the overall experience from the patient's perspective. So that if those 
those food trays sat there for too long and didn't get to the patient's room, you know, get cold. They, you know, just are not as well prepared as they could have been when they first came up from the uh, cafeteria area. So, yeah. yeah. So that's a process thing. It's a structure thing. Yeah. And, uh, so, so you think about the organizational structure there, it caused the uh, dissatisfaction from the patient's perspective. And we can jump to the conclusion, jump to the solution that dietary, they got to get the food up there more quickly. Maybe they need to buy uh, all of these new heating units to put on all the nursing floors when maybe when you dig down to what the real root cause is, maybe they need to work uh, more closely with nursing and make sure nursing has a process such that as soon as they get the trays, they're handing them off. Or maybe yeah. dietary could hand Takes the trays them off themselves. themselves. Yep, okay. exactly. The, it's, it's amazing to think. I mean, just kind of focusing on this one this one example with the, the structure. It's amazing to me sometimes when I look at organizations, how many times you can tell service has broken down and the patient or customer is not getting a great outcome because of different departments, different groups, different coworkers not having a really clean mapped out process for how to get things done. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we see it in our patient satisfaction surveys. Patients know when an organization is well-coordinated or not. They can tell when things are breaking down mm-hmm. and uh, those systems, those structures, those processes, there's too much red tape, whatever it may be. And uh, I can see how that immediately causes that friction between coworkers. The coworkers don't always see it as a structural problem. They see it as a personality problem, yes. which is unfair, but that's kind of human nature. That's where we gravitate to a lot of times. Yeah. So. And, and typically, if you get a complaint, it is not about you. It's about a process. It's about a policy. It's about a system. It's about the facility. But yet the emotion's coming at you. The anger's coming at you. And so you get defensive. And what do you do? Yeah. You blame the coworker. You there start you pointing fingers. Yep. Boom. The politics, those kind of internal issues wow. uh, start. Uh, the last point is about leadership. I mean, leadership, leadership, leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have leaders who work well together in making their decisions, who collaborate together across organizational lines, who have aligned incentives, who really are held accountable in some kind of based on some kind of equal goals, they have the common goals, um, and they're looking for the kind of people that have the characteristics of the culture you're trying to create, then uh, things typically work really well. There's very few politics. But if leaders are modeling bad behaviors, leaders mm-hmm. are fighting with each other, leaders aren't communicating effectively, leaders are arguing over who gets bonus for what and whose goals should apply to whom, then all of a sudden that's going to filter down to the middle management, filter down to the supervisors, filter down to the staff. So you talked about GPS leadership, leadership mm-hmm. GPS, uh, that other podcast. I mean, the, the core of so many issues, especially political, but so many issues in organization, uh, the core of it starts with leadership. And if leadership gets it and they model it, great. If they don't get it, then you have major, major opportunities for dysfunction in an organization. When, again, we've seen in so many situations where it's almost bizarre how the entire division under a certain VP, everybody in that division, every department manager, every department person in a department has the same mentality to the rest of the organization as the VP leader above them. Yes. If that VP is the one that's going to badmouth the rest of the organization, talk trash about the rest of the divisions, it's amazing how many people all under that person carry that same exact mentality yes. of, well, we're doing a great job, but these other divisions just really are, are messing things up. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You're right. Leadership is just such a key driver on that because people always look upward to see what are some of the models they're needing to try to carry on in their own workplace? And if they see a model that's not uh, that's uh, generating infighting and, and, and perpetuating more of those office politics, and that's what they're going to continue to do as well. Yeah. And when you're thinking about 
politics, I guess the overriding thought is don't jump from symptom to solution. Don't jump from, hey, I lost control of the car to all of a sudden I need to to go to bed earlier the night before. Don't jump from we have politics and uh, the idea is we need to fire the people with the bad attitudes. What you Mm -hmm. want to do is dig down to the root cause. Say, you know, what could cause this? What could cause this? Why did this happen? Why, why, why? Ask why three or four times. Ask what could cause this three or four times. And odds are in in, in the vast majority of the cases, you're going to come down to root causes and the solution is going to focus on one of these six items. Either we need to make sure we create common goals in an organization. That strips out a lot of the politics. We need to make sure we align incentives toward those goals that people are rewarded for accomplishing the same goals. That strips out a lot of the politics. Mm -hmm. People are held accountable for the same lack of behavior, positive behavior, that that you see we're hiring the right people. That strips out a lot of the politics right from the start. You make sure that your structures aren't so siloed that that it just enhances this focus of me versus Mm -hmm. you. That strips out a lot of politics. And if leadership isn't exhibiting the political behavior, if leadership is communicating well, they are relating well, they are systems thinking across the organization instead of siloed thinking just in terms of their own little fiefdom, then that strips out a lot of the politics. That's great. I, I'm I'm personally really enamored with the idea of the whole digging down deeper to find those root causes because I can guarantee you so many times we hear these situations of office politics. Two coworkers just don't get along. Mm-hmm. They don't like each other. They don't work together. Anything that goes between them turns into major drama. Digging deeper to find out, did something happen? Was there one is there one process in our office? That is causing friction between these two. That if all we have to do is fix that process mm-hmm. over time, that relationship gets healed. That's fascinating to me to yes. think that there could be structures, processes, or little simple example things that have now caused this internal political turmoil within our office that could be extremely easy to fix. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean sending both of them to counseling and working on a kumbaya, get right. to know you, uh, go out and get to be friends session. It's really sometimes down to a very, very specific root cause. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I mean, if you can figure out the root cause, the solutions are so much more obvious. Yes. But, but if it's just, hey, I lost control of the car or we have politics, the solution's not obvious. You can come up with solutions, but yeah. you never know if they're going to work. It's very hit unless, or miss. Yeah, yeah, unless you figured out what the root cause was first. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Ed. After we finish this recording. Uh, how about you and I? We're going to drive up to Washington. I've got a great idea. Yes. What we're going to do is we're going to get everybody in Congress together, and we're going to really talk out and find out what are the root causes <laughs> for them not working together. Yes. I bet you after a few hours, we can probably get that whole thing fixed up. Yeah, I, I, I think we can too. I don't think any of them will agree with us, <laughs> but you and I will have figured out the problems. It <laughs> It'll become patently obvious right very quickly, I'm sure. So. That's great. We'll take care yeah. of that. We'll, yeah. Guys, we'll have the country fixed by tomorrow. Trust us. We're, yes. we're, on, the, we're on the case yes. with this. And thanks so much. This is interesting and I think I guess very timely too in a situation where we're bombarded by TV ads and messages and campaigns and unfortunately like you said you wonder how much of it is focused too much on the infighting and the, right. the petty issues but it does illustrate that bigger issue that when this happens in an office environment, it's distracting. Automatically, these campaigns are distracting to you and I as uh, as citizens, and it causes us to lose sight of what's really important sometimes. Same thing happens in the office environment. And I think finding out where we have those issues, finding out those root causes, and working to alleviate them, uh, it's amazing what it could do in an organization uh, to help that run a little smoother and function better. Yep. 
Definitely. And ultimately affecting the, the customer, the patient, the visitor, whoever it may be we're interacting with. Mm-hmm. Great. Ed, thanks so much. Again, Ed Gagnon is with Customer Service Solutions. You can learn more about Ed and his company at cssamerica.com. That's CSS for Customer Service Solutions and the word america.com. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group. That's thejacksongroup.com. And uh, we will look forward to talking to you next time I'm stepping up service as we cover another aspect of the world of customer service, how it affects businesses, both small and large, and things that you can do to try to help improve that service mentality at your own organization. Again, you've been listening to The Mesh. You can find out more about us at themesh.tv. Uh, look us up on Facebook, find us on Twitter, all those good social media outlets. We try to be all over the place whenever we can. Again, special thanks to Greater Hickory Classic Golf Tournament for helping support The Mesh and Stepping Up Service this month. The tournament, October 8th through the 14th at Rock Barn Golf and Spa here in Catawba County, here near Hickory, North Carolina. Beautiful Western North Carolina. Come see us in October. So with that, we will tune out for now. We'll look forward to talking to you next month. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.